Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. What if investing in each other could change the world? I'm Joel Skeen with bizradio.us, and this is the Mindful Marketplace. Part two of our really enlightening conversation with the owner of Ware Asheville, located on uh, Haywood Street in West Asheville. Highly recommend you go check out her shop, Gilly Roberts. Um, We've been talking about what it means to do sustainability work in business, in retail, um, from a consumer point, from a business owner uh, uh, sector, from the supply chain. Um, Really enjoying this conversation so far. If you did not listen to the first half, um, make sure to go back and listen to that. We, it was aired last week. Um, you can find that on my website, mindfulmarketplaceshow.com, as well as on bizradio.us and the other platforms like Spotify, um, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, all the rest. And uh, go ahead and hit a like and subscribe there while you're at it, um, especially to this conversation here with Gilly. Um, before we dive back in and pick up where we left off from our last um, episode, I do want to give everyone a quick reminder about our event series that we have now been um, done two of by the time this airs, which is the Community Financial Education course. Again, this is really... Um, it's a free event for the community and it's designed to educate. It's designed to educate families. It's also designed to educate business owners on the things that we really should have been taught in school when it comes to our finances about how to handle things like investing, things like debt, things like basic budgeting, taxes. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that if we knew better, we would do better and we would do better for ourselves, for our families and for our communities. You know, a lot of people, we talk a lot about community investing, sustainable investing, local investing on this show. And so we are going to talk about those topics at these events, but we're also just going to talk about how to get yourself to the point where you can even do that, you know, to get out of debt so that you can invest into your family's future and into your community. So um, please go to my mindfulmarketplaceshow.com.com and click on the events tab where you will see the upcoming events. We've had some wonderful speakers like Tara Brown from Self-Help Credit Union, Veronica Edwards, who's a CPA and has a show here on Biz Radio US, um, Alex Cardona, who also has a show here, um, just a bunch of really great folks that are sharing their knowledge with the community. And it is a free event. Space is limited, though, um, so you we do need you to register on the website to make sure we've got enough space and some snacks for everybody there. Um, and they are happening on the second Tuesday of every month. So please join us. We'd love to actually meet you in person or meet you on the virtual option and um, get to really help build a community around better financial wellness for ourselves, for our community, for our neighborhoods, and for our world at large. So um, join us at that event, and let's get back into our conversation here with Gilly Roberts. Gilly, welcome back to the show. Thanks again, Joel. 
Yeah. So um, I know we went into your background in the first episode, so we are going to skip that this time. <laughs> um, you know, we don't need the full, um, full, you know, rundown of everything you've been through. Um, but just kind of uh, for someone who's just tuning in, listening now, um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you, you mentioned that where is, how, how did you phrase it? You said it's a uh, refill and sustainable essentials store. Is that, am I getting that right? Yep. 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 That's it. Awesome. So we're talking about the ability to get the things that you need for your daily life in a way that is um, that is beneficial to the planet, that's beneficial to the community, and that cuts out a lot of waste. You know, last time we talked about the reduce and the reuse side um, of things, not just the recycling side. Um, but I'm curious, you know, to, to open the conversation back up here. What do you think that most people, you know, is there something that's not been on your mind recently? You feel like most people don't really think about when it comes to waste or it comes to sustainability in the day-to-day products that they, um, that they use. Oh, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the better I get to know the, the kinds of products that people interact with every day, the more uh, aware I become of the ways in which so much of our understanding of those products is built around habit and not depth of knowledge. Um, and I, I say we very intentionally. There's there are plenty of things in my life that I use because I've always used them. Um, and the idea of, of upending that habit in my life just sounds like making another decision that I, you know, bandwidth is, is limited for all of us. Um, and decision fatigue is real. And so once you start down this path of, asking questions about every small thing that you purchase from how, how you brush your teeth to clean your windows. Um, it, it can be truly and utterly exhausting to, to the consumer. Um, we try really hard to take a lot of that weight off of the consumer, but that requires first gaining their trust, right? Like why would, why would a random person off the street come to where without any knowledge of what where is or how where came to be or where where the business gets its information or products and say, I'm going to swap out everything in my life for things that this business carries. We try to give folks, we also try to give folks a lot of responses to that question, whether it's because things are made in a closed loop manufacturing system, meaning that, um, there's not a bunch of extra packaging created around them. So we're like trading containers off with the people who make the product and using those bulk products in our refill station, like our laundry detergent, we trade these five gallon buckets back with um, a business in Brevard, back and forth with business in Brevard. And we just give them the empties and they give us full ones and we're using the same buckets over and over and over again. Um, Similar things happen with the companies we work with that are a little bit further away and we just sanitize and reuse the same packaging um, at the bulk level. But then there's also, so if that's something you're interested in, we've got you. If you're, look, if you're looking for things that are made locally, whenever we can keep um, quality and function in line with our standards and have something be made locally, we move it as close to home as possible because the, far, the, you know, the closer something is to us, the less fossil fuels involved in um, transporting that product, but also the closer to home our money stays, right? They say that it's something less than 30 cents on the dollar stays locally when shopping at a, um, a chain that is not based locally. 
as opposed to the, I think it's 68 cents that stays locally when you shop at a um, locally owned independent business. So um, if that's what you're looking for, but honestly, if you're just looking for the aesthetic of it all, we also try to check that box. No, not try to, we do check that box consistently. Mm -hmm. We also, if you know, if your interest is the functionality of it above and beyond everything else, we're also checking that box. Um, because it's my thought that I don't really care how people come to purchase from where, as long as the trust is built and that relationship is established, I actually just don't care why people do it. It has the same net effect for our little business, um, regardless of what, of which of those reasons they choose. And now I'm kind of forgetting where I was going with this. Remind me your question. Well, I'm glad you, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the aesthetic of it because oh. I have to say I've spent time in your shop and one of the, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I like about it. They're uh, first of all, very welcoming, friendly environment. I, you know, I felt like I was able to learn things while I was there. Um, but also not only did I have confidence that the products I was using were going to be made as sustainably as possible, but I also could tell that they were set up in a way for me as a consumer and all the other people who come in and are and shop there to continue a habit of doing um, sustainable purchasing because of the refills like we talked about last time, because of some of the other um, products that are designed to help keep things fresh for longer, help get a longer use out of things. You know, I think sometimes sustainability, we talk about it like it has to be some um, big, you know, kind of, you know, green, uh, you know, like, like it has to fit this certain mold. But the reality is, you know, when I think about when I, the last time I bought boots was over 10 years ago and I bought them from Red Wing, you know, I'm from Detroit. So I bought Red Wing boots because um, I knew that even though like they might not say, hey, we're some sustainable company, I bought them because I knew that they were going to last me decades and I wouldn't have to be replacing them in a couple of years. And that level of quality and that level of design and aesthetic, I can tell is also really present in your shop and in the the items that you select um, because it seems like you're looking for things that are made sustainably, that are going to last, that are going to help create a better um, habit by the consumer and also that are just really beautiful things. Well, thank you. And, and they, they, that fashion and apparel and et cetera is often used as kind of the prime example of why quality is in and of itself. If nothing else was considered a sustainability marker, um, they say that on average, having gotten 30 wears out of an apparel item, and I don't know if that extends to shoes. I imagine it's a slightly different number, but the comparison remains, um, that you're now chipping away at having used it, um, getting more use out of it than it took inputs took to produce the item. So you're actually getting, you're, you're saving things from the landfill by getting more than 30 wares out of an item. Mm. Um, you mentioned something to the people mostly don't notice you were on your Instagram. You mentioned when it came to low waste and, you know, there's just, it was fascinating to me. There's a lot of things that we don't even think about, but you were talking about, you know, dryer lint <laughs> and what yeah. that says about waste. Uh, could you fill us in on that? Yeah. I think something that is underappreciated is that um, throwing away the lint from your dryer trap, uh, the filter rather is just throwing away your clothes and they're not necessarily parts of your clothes that have to be thrown away. The lint is produced by friction, right? Um, and so the fibers of whatever your clothing is made out of 
uh, break off from the increased friction of a dryer. So just the mere act of not putting clothing in the dryer makes it last longer because the friction that it's undergoing is, is from wear, not from the cleaning cycle, at least not as much because with the water involved in the washing cycle, it's just not as um, intense or uh, damaging to the products usually. Um, and so, you know, you can talk about that in terms of the energy consumed by the dryer uh, and the sustainability of not having used the energy that the dryer requires to dry the clothes. You can talk about it from prolonging the life of the clothes. And then you can talk about it from a microplastics perspective um, where you consider that, you know, if you have a cotton, if you if all you're doing is washing cotton and, and drying cotton in your dryer and that's what you're producing, you could ostensibly throw those fibers into your yard and they would disappear and biodegrade with some time. The reality of the textile and apparel industry is that most of our clothing has some component, especially if it has any amount of stretch to it or athletic wear and, um, and so many other uh, kind of applications. So much of our clothing, as we all know, as many of us know, I think these days has, whether it's polyester or nylon, some synthetic, which almost always means petroleum derived, AKA plastic component to the textile which so then when it is in the dryer and you're getting those little microfibers that are shedding from that increased friction um you no longer can throw that out into your yard and hope that they are and know that things are going to biodegrade because plastic doesn't biodegrade um and so it just continues to break into smaller parts the molecule itself remains intact and that is an issue because at those tiny microscopic levels, plastic has the ability to enter water streams and ultimately the bodies of, of animals and humans, um, not to mention the environments that it collects in and um, the way that it impacts the plant's life and the uh, other environmental um, considerations. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about how, you know, it, I get the sense from your following online, from the experience at the store and from what I've heard other people talk about is that, you know, you definitely have developed, um, you know, kind of a there's a, there's definitely a market for what you are producing for things that are beautiful, that are quality, that are sustainably made. And at the same time, I also know that most places, most most shops that are selling wares don't really put that emphasis on you know that's not the main you know that, that if they can do it here and there maybe they will for pr purposes but it's you know there's it doesn't really seem to be at the heart of their business and it would i would assume maybe i'm wrong but i would assume that in part that's because it's more challenging to do so i'm assuming that there's some things that about running a business where you are thinking ethically about sustainability you are thinking consciously about all of you know, these, the wide range of ways that products are made, that they're distributed, that they're sold, that they're refilled. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into that, that is more challenging than someone who just says, well, I'm just going to make, um, you know, make a dollar however I can. And I'm not even really going to consider all of that in that journey for you, I guess, what, what have been the most challenging, um, things that you've had to sort of reconcile there and how, how have you worked with, um, you know, at least one of them, we can talk about as many as we can, but, you know, is there anything that comes to mind that you feel like has been the, the biggest challenge that you have faced, 
um, and you've had to sort of work through. Yeah, I think the, I think the overarching theme in all of in so many of the challenges, it's not it certainly isn't all encompassing, but it covers a lot of them, is that the way I'm going about doing retail is just expensive, and mm -hmm. that plays out in a lot of ways. You know, if you think about the labor involved in sourcing as, with as much intention and, and checking as many boxes mm -hmm. as we do that just that takes incredibly more time um, mm -hmm. and a different kind of research than the average retail buyers um, used to. And then, you know, at every level, if we're, you know, we're living wage certified, which in retail is wild. Asheville just raised its uh, living wage um, to $20 and 10 cents an hour in a retail environment. Um, or in any environment, but we're, we're talking about retail here. And so like, that's, that's where our wages start. Um, and so, you know, if you've got most of most typical retail is paying people between you know, 10 and, and $15 nowadays in, in depending on the city, certainly. Um, and so that's a level of expense that you have, the quality of products, you know, the grand irony is people think that um, since things have to be made in, in labs that are synthetic, they should be more expensive than naturally derived products. Um, and it's hard for, you know, many consumers to wrap their brain around why a natural product would might be more expensive. Um, natural and, and non-toxic product might be more expensive than a synthetic or um, harsher ingredient counterpart and a lot of that has to do with uh, kind of the scarcity around natural materials as well as um, the scalability of synthetic materials you can invest once in the production of or in the you know recipe and production of a synthetic product and scale it infinitely but in the case of natural materials you're always having that underlying cost of growing the plant, harvesting the plant, extracting the resources. Um, and so that becomes, that, that feeds into literally every product we carry, not to mention if you're, you're also, um, every business we're working with is also paying their labor fairly. So now you've got a situation where you're just trying to sell laundry powder, but everything along the way has cost more money and the average consumer can only stomach spending, whether it's because it's actually within their affordability or we've just been so conditioned to have a like understanding of what something should cost if it's as like ingrained in our life as cleaning things. Um, and so now to pay 88 cents an ounce for a powder that we can get for a fraction of that at the grocery store is just unfathomable mm -hmm. and we can sit around educating our consumer our customers on all of the things that go into it but the reality is in a retail setting you rarely have that much time to talk about it mm. and so we we take the hit in a couple different ways we don't have the uh, the um we don't have the ability to use margins that would be used in a kind of more conventional retail setting because the products we're selling are already 
so much more expensive at cost that we can only mark them up so much before we lose all of our customers. And so we have a pretty tight reign on the amount of money, amount of margin we can make, and so the amount of money we can make off of it. But even at that rate, so many people are going to walk away before you ever get to talk about why it is what it is um, because of the number, the price tag. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that does seem to be kind of the central issue is that when you are doing business in a way that is equitable for the workers involved and that is sustainable for the environment, it's going to have to cost more and that there's got to be basically just a a more or less an ongoing tension between those two things as you um, as you move forward. I, I am curious for you on a personal level. Why is, you know, that, that, that really is not, it's not the path of least resistance that most people take. And so I'm curious for you, why is that worth it? Why is that important for you to take that path that may be more difficult, that may have more challenges associated with it, and that may not have as high of margins um, in order to do what you're doing? Why is it worth it to you? Um, well, I think it's also worth noting, in addition to what I just said, that many of the things we're selling at the price points we're selling that just genuinely and realistically are not feasible for many, many, many consumers. And that's not something I'm trying to, that's not something I'm trying to fake or, or kind of push through or make light of. Um, but it's also something I'm not willing to compromise on because I think that if this kind of change is going to happen in this industry, we have to start somewhere and starting with checking all the right boxes and making it as available to as many as we can while still creating the jobs we're creating is a balance I'm willing to clearly is a balance that I'm willing to try to, to maintain. And I think my goal with where is always because I know the consumers who can, who can purchase those products exist. It's just a matter of making sure that we get what we're doing to in front of them somehow is to like my, my favorite part of my job is that I get to create jobs in retail in Western North Carolina for people who don't have master's degrees, but are just like intelligent, capable people, jobs that have not just dignity around them, but like these people, everyone who shops at where works at where can shop at where. Hmm. And that's important to me is that that's, that's the, that's the like shift that I can impact the most. And it's truly my favorite part of my job is creating more jobs like that. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I don't know how many times, uh, you know, I mentioned being from uh, Detroit at one point in my life and, you know, realizing that a lot of people who were working for the auto industry might not be able to afford the cars that they were making. <laughs> and yeah. so I love that as a guiding, uh, a guiding value and principle from you. Yeah. Um, I can snap my fingers and change the minimum wage. I can spend a couple extra months working to hire another person. Exactly. Uh, We really appreciate having you on. Again, go back and listen to part one if you have not already here with Gilly, um, Gilly Roberts of Ware Asheville. Um, So happy to have you on the show here. And please go check out her shop. Go check her out online, um, their online store. Her Instagram is beautiful, is wonderful, has tons of incredible um, good information and just uh, just really, really great uh, content there. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, thank you to the listener, too, um, You know, for you doing your part 
um, to engage in creating a better world and understanding that your dollar is your vote. So spend it locally and spend it on businesses that are doing the things that you want to see more of in the world. Um, thanks so much for being on the show, Gilly. And again, check us out on mindfulmarketplaceshow.com where you can see the events and you can see all the past episodes. And make sure to listen to the other hosts here on bizradio.us. And until next time, I ask you to take care of yourself and take care of someone else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.